Hi, my name is Tony Sharples and welcome back to Old Dog New Tricks. In this episode, we're going to take a look at sourcing and also distributing your product from a country overseas. As you delve into online selling, you realize that it's much more than just putting products on a web page with a price and doing some marketing. That's just the most visible and easiest part of the process. You're also going to need to develop plans about how you will source the products you sell and then how you'll get those products delivered to the customer that buys them. The first option is to do it all yourself. This usually means that you manufacture or source the products locally and you store the inventory in a warehouse or maybe your garage and then finally take all of the items down to the post office to send them out as they're ordered by customers. This is a great strategy if your product volumes are small or your product is particularly local or niche. But there can also be problems because this approach is very time intensive. You have to deal with suppliers, you're going to spend a lot of time in terms of packing and wrapping orders, it's driving down to the post office, it's handling payments yourself, and it's dealing with customer questions and returns. And that means you'll spend a lot of time doing time-wasting things like wrapping parcels, rather than thinking about your planning and your selling strategies. So the other option is to outsource your manufacturing and the whole distribution process. Most serious Amazon sellers do it this way, and in fact, most serious Amazon sellers very rarely actually see the product that they sell. They get the products made in a low-cost country like China or Vietnam, and then they get Amazon to handle the whole fulfillment, delivery, and payments process. So first, let's look at overseas sourcing. I've lived in China for 10 years, and it used to be that it was a bit of a Wild West situation. A lot of people got their fingers burned because they were just focused on getting products manufactured really, really cheaply there. Quality control was bad, and ordering and payments were tricky, and most of the staff that you dealt with on the um, sourcing sites didn't speak English. But really, thanks to all of those people that made the mistakes in the past, China is now a much better place to do business for people that are looking to source online. Most companies you deal with will have bright, young, English-speaking people to help you. You have online ordering and payment platforms like Alibaba to make the process easier and also much more secure. And there are better ways of checking your product for quality control before they're shipped out of the country. If you choose to manufacture in countries like China, then my advice would be to start small and expect to make some mistakes along the way. Now, there are a number of common mistakes that people make with sourcing, and here are seven of them in no particular order. Number one is ordering products without receiving a golden sample of what the final product will look like. Most people make this mistake if they're moving too fast or if they're managing too many products at once. Number two is choosing products that are really complicated. The more moving parts, the more technology, and the more complicated your products are, the more likely you are to have end customer headaches down the track. Number three is product hijacking. 
Now what this means is that you can go onto Amazon or eBay, have really thought through a product, find someone to manufacture it, get it out onto the market, and then suddenly you will find that weeks or months later, another product that is essentially the same suddenly appears with exactly the same features. Now it's very hard to cover yourself for things like this in China, unless you're prepared to throw a lot of money and time at it. Number four is just choosing the manufacturer that has the cheapest, cheapest possible price. And that can really be a mistake. This will usually mean that you end up with product quality issues very after the consumer gets it. Or the supplier could be a scamming operation if the price is really too low to be true. On platforms like Alibaba, you really need to select suppliers who are rated gold and who are also assessed suppliers, which means that Alibaba have actually visited their production site to check it out. And you want to work with suppliers with trade assurance, meaning Alibaba hold the funds in escrow until everyone is happy on the deal. So you should really look out on the Alibaba site and select those options. Now you'll pay more for all of those options, but it'll save you a lot of headaches, and particularly if you're just starting out. Chinese manufacturers are still prone to delivering lower quality over time. A supplier having an ISO certification is not enough and can't be depended upon. The fact is that like most manufacturers, Chinese manufacturers like to decrease their costs over time. So bit by bit, what you'll find is that costs are reduced and corners have cut, and you will eventually see the impact on that on the final product that you receive. So you really need to keep an eye on this aspect of the business over time. Number five is regulations. What you really need to do is you need to make sure that the product that you're manufacturing in China meets the manufacturing and the export guidelines in China. Now that's one part of the equation. But the other part of the equation is that you really need to make sure that the product also meets the uh, import and sales regulations of the country or countries that you will be actually exporting the product to. And in most instances, that will be the USA if you're sending the product to Amazon to get them to do FBA on the back of it for you. Number six is supplier contracts. Now, one really critical thing is to make sure the contracts are both in English and in Chinese, if you don't speak Chinese. And a good tip, is to insert a clause into the contract that says basically that if disputes arrive, then the English translation in the contract prevails in the deal. And you should also make sure that the contract includes that you have the right to do random quality control checks during the production process or before the product goes to customs. It's also important to do a background check to see if they really produce the product that you're getting them to make, and they're not just an intermediary that's getting it made by someone else. And if you're talking about serious amounts and long-term commitments to products, this really includes visiting the supplier locally, as it is really crucial to see where and how the products will be manufactured. Therefore, always ask to see the production line working and finally, you should never ever agree to a deal in a contract that says that you need to pay 100% upfront before you actually receive any product. And number seven 
is it really pays to sound professional when you're dealing with suppliers. And this is really important if you're a beginner and you're just starting out on the process of putting in your first orders and stuff like that. Try to hide the fact that you're a newbie by investing the time and effort into learning the industry jargon and terminology for your communications with the supplier. And that'll make a big difference to how they treat you. So this is just a short list of seven things you should be thinking about. But if you're going to be placing significant or long-term orders, then you really should be looking for professional advice from experienced people on sourcing in markets like China, but particularly in emerging markets like Vietnam, Cambodia, and other places like that. So you really need to do a lot of research before you begin. And the great news is that Google, and YouTube are brimming with advice on this stuff. And I think of all of these seven points, the most important one for me is I come back to the point about the fact that the cheapest isn't always the best. And a lot of people use the strategy when they're looking at different uh, suppliers on Alibaba is to look at a group of suppliers that are the cheapest and to look at another group of suppliers that are the most expensive and probably to end up somewhere in the middle with a supplier that's got a reasonable price that'll let you make a profit margin, but perhaps has some of those protections that I was talking to you about before when it comes to buying on Alibaba. It also helps if you put some time into really managing the relationship properly, making sure that you really clarify what you expect and then sticking to those expectations. Now let's assume that you're going to be ordering lots of products. Now if this is the case, you really need to set up a regime of actually regularly visiting the suppliers to check things out. And one other small tip, which I've talked about before, and I'll talk about again in the future, is to think about the images that you're going to use for your product, whether it's on a standalone site or whether you're going to use it on something like Amazon. You will be able to get some standard product images from the manufacturer's website, but it's very likely that those exact same images will be used by lots of other people selling the same type of product. And that will make your offering look very bland on the search results page and just bring the decision down to price, reviews, and how long the sellers around you have been in the market. Similarly, don't assume that you can just use product imagery from other seller listings, as they may come back and threaten you with a copyright infringement. You should really try and develop a strategy that will let you use your own imagery for the products that you put up online versus other similar product groups. And the simplest thing there is to get a sample of the product sent to you in advance of the order so that you can actually use that for some simple photography to make your item look different when it finally appears amongst all of the other items on the selling site. I've also seen some experienced sellers suggest that bundling your base product with a side product can build the perceived value of your item versus another that's similar. For example, you might offer a clipboard with a matching pen, or a simple yoga mat you might bundle with a carry bag and a drink bottle. So it's always a great idea to ask different manufacturers if they also make other products that you can create a bundle with. And the key here is not necessarily just to have something that is cheap and amazing value for money, but more than anything, it's to make your offer look different to all of the others that are appearing on the search results page. 
And finally, I'd like to make two minor points and just tips really. First, if you're planning to do small quantities, which is a good idea if you're a beginner, the location of where you source in China is important. In Yiwu, for example, in China, minimum order sizes are much smaller than those demanded in the other bigger cities in China. So it's worthwhile having a look at that on Google. And another important thing about sourcing, and I think this applies to online selling in general, is to really try and pick a product area that you're either interested in or you already have some experience in. Running an online store will always be more fun and more rewarding if you're dealing in a product area that you're actually interested in. Well, I hope you got something interesting out of that. I'll be posting lots of uh, information on YouTube and via podcasts in the weeks ahead, so make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel or my podcast to keep up to date. I'll see you next time.